Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. I am the founder and host, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Brian Burneman, and here is a bit about Brian. Brian is a wellness leader and facilitator, international speaker, events and podcast host, holistic coach and practitioner who has helped hundreds of people around the world lead more balanced and meaningful lives. With a background in neuroscience and more than 15 years of experience teaching and practicing yoga, meditation, mindfulness, and different healing modalities, Brian is able to synthesize modern scientific knowledge with ancient wisdom to help his clients get the results they desire. Brian has empowered people from all walks of life to realize their full potential and enable them to live a stress-free and meaningful life. Committed to conscious lifestyle practices, Brian founded Conscious Action, a movement of people inspired to live more intentionally, supporting them to discover a conscious way of living and how to have a positive impact in the world. So today, Brian and I will spend time looking at conscious living, understanding it, and all the components that is comprised within what he does day in and day out. So without further ado, please welcome. Brian Burneman to GEMS Podcast. Thank you, Genesis. Thank you for the warm welcome. Thank you for having me here to, to have a beautiful conversation with you. My pleasure, Brian. And before we dive into our segment of um, the next few minutes, I want you to share a fun but interesting fact about yourself as a way of an icebreaker. Beautiful. So. A fun fact for me is that most people cannot tell where my accent is from. I, I grew up in, in Argentina and my family has a background of Judaism and I lived in the US and in Germany and a few different places. So this accent is a beautiful mix. Amazing. And what languages do you speak, Brian? At this moment, fluently. Uh, just Spanish and English. Uh, in my lifetime, I used to speak fluently Hebrew, Tibetan, and uh, German, a little bit of Portuguese and Italian. So uh, I, I love languages. Ah, super cool. See, I know enough Spanish to order my food at the restaurant, but I definitely need to brush up um, conversational-wise. Well, it, it is it is part of it. You start small and then you know more. Yes. They, um, and it, it helps whenever you have someone to practice with you. And I used to practice with my dad because my dad was from Curaçao, so off the tip of Venezuela. Um, and, you know, since he passed, it's like, oh, man, I wish I would have really spent more time just learning more Spanish with my dad because he spoke it fluently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but now... 
it's a really interesting thing to to be able to have someone to practice it because it's not the same reading than being able to be immersed in that culture and immersed with people that only allow you to speak that language yeah that that's definitely for sure because sometimes um they will force you to keep up with it because they they know that um you speak english and they could speak english but they'll purposely talk to you in another language so that way it's like a constant like repetition that way it gets ingrained inside of you mm -hmm. definitely so let's dive into conscious living. Let's start by you sharing an example, just so we can set up the foundation for the listeners as well as the viewers. So what is conscious living and what does it mean to you? Beautiful. Thank you for that. Because conscious living can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And one of the main things to understand is the perspective and the focus that we're going to give it. So as an example, and one of the more important aspects of it for me is understanding conscious living, that it, where it comes from. And it comes from a place of connection. It comes from a place of connection to ourselves, to others, and to our environment or nature. When we start from that place, our behavior changes a lot. And we live in a society that most of us are disconnected again from ourselves our entire body from other people there's a sense of separation and otherness and as well from nature that we use her resources and we use her instead of living in balance with her so the more that we understand how to reconnect the easier it is to start living a more conscious life. Beautiful. And at what stage in your life, Brian, did you decide that you needed to really tap into conscious living so you can shift from just existing and going through the emotions to just really being present within yourself and with the environment around you? Yeah, thank you for that. I, I Growing up in Argentina, in a big city, I was completely disconnected from all of that. Uh, I grew up in in a household in a household where consumerism was a normal thing, where I wasn't that in touch with nature, and I wasn't in touch with myself. And it wasn't until I was a teenager that, through my parents' own personal development journey, I started to get into this idea of like oh I can change I can you know learn more about myself and, and for me it started with reconnecting with my body and as I started to reconnect with my body I started to notice that ah there's feelings as well as all of my thoughts and I started to notice how the more that I was practicing different practices like meditation and, and yoga and mindfulness that I was starting to be way more present and I started to notice that certain things that I was doing didn't feel right for me. So I started to notice how my actions were starting to be out of alignment. And it took me a few years, of course, to realize a lot of different things. And I, I would say that now, potentially 12 years ago, it was when I decided to more intentionally 
behave in a way that really felt aligned to my values and to what I stand for. And, and what I stand for is love and compassion, empowerment, responsibility, and caring for my fellow beings and for the environment. And when I started to do that, then all of the actions came easy. Mm. And, you know, as you were talking and you said you had to do what was best for you, um, I thought about the mind, body and soul connection. And as you talked about yoga and meditation and et cetera, those are forms of exercises to kind of, you know, just get that stillness and practice that overall mindfulness so you could really listen to your body and be in tune. So for anyone who is listening right now, and they're having a hard time just shutting off their brain for for a second because our brains are constantly going 100 miles an hour. What made it easy for you to ease into that practice of, you know, the yoga and the meditation? Because whenever you aren't doing it and you try it for the first time, sometimes it's really hard to kind of just lie there still and then just immerse yourself in that practice. Mm, definitely and that's a great question because we all come from a different place and we all need different things so as an example when I was a teenager I used to live completely in my head as I was saying and I was super stressed out and the idea of sitting still was too daunting for me as well so now it's easy <laughs> I've been doing this for so long that now I don't mind and second nature but at that moment I needed more movement practices like yoga but perhaps other practices as well so it was more about conscious movement and about creating space and time to connect and that is one of the aspects that I think that we because for a lot of us we have judgments or ideas about what meditation is or what yoga is and what it comes from and all of it's, you know, tradition and its background, we might feel a little bit of judgment if we don't know it, if we haven't experienced it yet. So my invitation always is for everyone to be able to understand how to slow down, how to create space in their day, whether that is for one minute a day, one hour a day, whatever it is for each person, to be able to reconnect in whatever way they do that. That can be going for a run, that can be walking, that can be going to nature, that can be practicing meditation or yoga, that can be going to play basketball. Like we can get to be present in any given situation. It is easier when there's not that much stimuli for most people. But when there's, you know, like someone plays sports and they get into the zone, that zone is perfect presence. And that is what we need to get to. So I think that in, in the Western world, we need to get rid of a lot of the ideas of, you know, like, ah, oh, it's only when someone meditates. Well, what is meditation? Meditation is just a state of being. And there are practices and techniques of meditation as well to get us to that place. But the more awareness that we develop and the easier that we are in ourselves and we just go with what resonates then it can flow absolutely and um some 
someone who may be interested in getting into meditation, there are various apps out there that are free for iOS and Android. There's guided meditation. There's different meditations that you can do by going to certain yoga studios. And there are various types of yoga to do like dawn yoga, hot yoga. There's so many different ones. But then once you understand what those um, practices mean to you, then it becomes easier because even those even though those practices may have traditional ties, you don't necessarily have to do all of the traditional ties if it's going to be a conflict of interest with your religion or et cetera. Like some Christians do not want to do yoga because of some of the chants or et cetera, but there's so many different variations. And the most important thing is trying to be present with your body and tune out the distractions from the busyness of life. And I think that's where you were talking about, um, Brian, where you talked about presence. And one of the things that you also focus on is embodied presence. And you hit on that a little bit. Would you like to go a little bit deeper to kind of share with the audience? What do you mean when you talk about embodied presence and how you help some of your clients in that area? Yes, definitely. So when, when we understand how we are as a human being, and what we are, and we use all of these W questions for ourselves, we start to unpack a little bit more how we are living each moment and every single day. And for example, one of the biggest things for me that is important is when I understand how to become more present, which is becoming more aware of my entire being, mind and body, and spirit or soul dependent or consciousness dependent on the word that someone resonates with it's about the integration of all of it it's about being present in the present so when i can be in my body and i decide to bring in a certain quality let's say that i want to embody now compassion i can bring that quality and i can embody it And everybody that would be around me or that would see me would actually get it. They don't need to know what I'm doing. They will get it. As an example, I I am working co-working spaces. Every time that someone is super stressed and they come into the space, they end up sitting next to me. They don't know me. They don't know what I do but they come next to me because I am embodying calmness and they need that. So when I can allow myself to understand feelings and energy in that and to allow myself to play in a sense and to experiment and to, because this is another thing. A lot of times these practices seem to be quite serious. They don't need to be serious. My teacher always said that, be like, a kid with open curiosity. Open awareness is the gateway to actually be present because we are allowing the energy that is happening, both that is created from within and that our circumstances and environment are bringing into our being. When we allow that energy to actually move instead of freezing it or blocking it, 
then we allow ourselves to choose how we want to be and how we want to respond to the situations that are there. So when I allow myself to be that, people will get it. And this is practices about being in balance and being in alignment. Because another thing, and I had, I didn't mention it before, most people want to get away from their heads. They want to quiet their, their mind. And that is not the aim. The aim is to be able to actually face it, to be able to listen to it because your mind is trying to protect you. It's trying to tell you something. And yes, it can be overwhelming. And that is how we want to use our body to be able to change or shift most of our awareness down to other parts of our body. And then that gives a little bit of rest to our heads. So our heads, our minds are not the bad guys. They are amazing tools for us. And the intelligence that we have is incredible. But we need to understand there's a whole being. And to be able to be present and to be able to be embodying something needs to be in the body. It cannot be just the head. So I always invite everyone to do practices that allow this to happen, that allow us to move a little bit from the head down whether that is towards the heart, towards the gut or womb, it just depends on what we want to move, but being able to integrate all of our being. Yeah, beautifully said. And um, I'll also add these tips and feel free to chime in after me is some of the things that I've heard to help you go from moving those thoughts from your head throughout the rest of your body is paying attention to your vibrations, your energy your chakras, your breath work, and overall that intuition, because whenever your body is speaking to you, it's a form of intuition. It's a form of discernment that is looking out for something that is either near or near or far. And it's kind of like your personal alarm system that is warning you of something that is getting ready to take place. And then um, the importance of breath work is sometimes they say whenever you are stressed or you're going through anxiety, if you just kind of take a deep breath, you inhale slowly, you hold it, and then you exhale it, you could see how that sends a stimuli through your body, and it begins to put you in a state of calmness. And that's why um, whenever people are meditating, sometimes they either lie flat on their back and they close their eyes and they meditate. And then the room that they're in can be very dark because sometimes whenever you have the the um, darkness and you don't have a lot of lights, it also helps you shut down your brain because sometimes when your brain sees certain lights, it causes your brain to um, be moving a lot faster versus starting to slow down and really practice that still fullness. So um, are those really good suggestions and tips that you've heard, Brian, in your practice since you've obviously been doing it way longer than I have? 15 years is a long time. Yeah, so a couple of things with that. All of those that you mentioned, that I, they are really helpful. And as well, someone needs to understand what they actually mean and where they are in their own path. Because for someone that is starting, and this is why a lot of times I talk more about movement or feelings instead of talking about energy and vibration, because sometimes that can get on the way from someone to actually want to practice. Because if someone is not 
ready to hear about vibration and frequencies and chakras and all of that. It's like, whoa, <laughs> that's too much. So I, I, a lot of times I start with the simple things. It's about take time, slow down, notice, bring your awareness down or bring your focus down. Move if needed, if you cannot notice enough, because that is actually the vibration. That is actually the frequency. That is actually the, the way that we can work then with the chakra system or the meridian system. Yet all of those for me are not the basics. Those are more, uh, let's call it um, in depth and the subtlety when someone already has done some work. And the other thing that you mentioned, which is the breath. The breath is amazing. I always say the breath is super important. And we need to understand that the breath is what like, is bringing life all of the time. The, the fact is that the last breath that you take is when you die. So if you're not breathing, <laughs> you're dead. And I mean breathing not just physically, because there's ways of breathing non-physically. But from a beginning, that is breathing physically, the breath is a great way for us to understand how we can actually take control of our response so we can take control of our heart rate we can take control of our stress levels by using the breath and as you say taking deep big belly and chest full breath is really helpful anytime that we are overwhelmed and also really important to understand how does the breath work in terms of what it is that is being activated in our body because when we allow the exhale to be longer than the inhale, the exhale, and especially if it's slow and long, we are tapping into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and restore and relax uh, part of our system. So when we activate that, even as we are doing activities, even as we are talking or working, then we are tapping into that, which we normally only do when we are sleeping. That is why a lot of times people, when they start doing breath work, especially the ones that are uh, more subtle and, and slower, they can fall asleep because their system is getting the resp or the activation of like, oh, ready to sleep. So that's all the things that know. And the problem is that most of the time, most of us, we are living the entire day even sometimes when sleeping in the sympathetic nervous system. And that is what creates stress and chronic stress because we never allow our system to bring in that other aspect that is the one that needs to relax. So we're all of the time hyper instead of allowing a little bit of balance. And when we allow the breath to flow with more ease, slower, longer, especially the exhale, that helps. And the other one that helps us to be balanced with the breath is the box breath. So basically making the same length of time, the inhale, the holding, the exhale, and the holding. And that helps us to bring balance. And also when we start to bring awareness to that and we're focusing on that, that also takes away from everything else. So as you were saying, for example, when we are in a room that there's no light, the stimuli that comes from the eyes usually is something that our brain is 
really focused on. So the entire day, there's stimuli coming from the eyes, the ears, the, the nose, from everywhere, but mostly the eyes. And the eyes are the ones that are most polluted in terms of how we see things, because we see only what we choose in a sense, even if that's unconscious, we choose to see that. So when we are able to take moment in the day that there's no outside stimuli coming in, then that can be helpful for us to reconnect inside. And at some point, I usually tell people, at some point, we want to be able to practice with the stimuli, with the light, with people around, with people that we don't like. How can we be with them and be like, oh, I'm not reacting. You know, like go, like for someone, I usually say for someone that tells me like, oh, I'm doing so great in my practice. I'm like, cool, go for Christmas at home and tell me then. <laughs> like go back home, go for Christmas or Thanksgiving or any of those big family holidays and tell me how your buttons weren't pushed, how you weren't triggered to anything. And that's when you know like, oh, like you can be really okay. And it's perfectly okay to be triggered. It's perfectly okay for that to happen. And that is part of life. But it's about noticing. It's about as well catching ourselves. It's about understanding how we are taking responsibility for our part of the dynamics with our family and being able to understand that what they are saying it's pushing a button, but the button is inside of me and I can choose how I want to respond. And the more conscious that we are, and this is part of the conscious living, the more conscious that I am, the easier it is for me to respond to life instead of to react. And that reaction comes from an automatic pilot. And that usually has a reaction that we don't like and that is going to just escalate things. So when I can be more present, at him and then respond. I like that. And that was a mouthful of gems, but it was so necessary because whenever we think about the embodied present, when we think about conscious living as a whole, and we think about just going through, you know, the different processes that both you and I talked about, that's where we start to see change and transformation take place in our life. So we're having that full body experience and we're really connecting mind body and soul and becoming the person that we want to be and not what external factors want us to be but we take the ownership and we take the control back because we're able to nurture ourselves internally and then respond externally and we don't just fly off the handles or the hinges so Brian as we begin to wind down our segment I want you to leave the listeners and viewers with your call to action for this segment beautiful yes so my call to action is for everyone to take one minute a day and put it on an alarm put it on your calendar every single day to do nothing to just be a moment that you don't check your phone, that you don't look at TV, that you are just reconnecting with yourself. Perfectly okay if during that minute you're thinking, perfectly okay if your body's aching, perfectly okay to notice that because the aim is to develop awareness, to understand how to be. 
when you are able to take one minute a day, then you're able to take later on two minutes, then you're able to take five minutes, then you're able to take more if needed. And then that is part of the new habitual pattern that you have. Therefore, you don't need to take as much time because it's integrated in your life. But just start with one minute. Simple steps are the ones that are going to take us all the way. The slow and steady. And as you go slow and steady and you do it consistently and you have that persistence, then you start to see how that habit starts to form. And you stick to that habit because you're already doing the action. So I love that one minute thing. And whenever you said one minute, I was like, oh, I could put it on my calendar because um, sometimes I put everything on my calendar, especially with my phone, because it's a way to hold myself accountable. But it also lets people know who have access to my calendar. Genesis is busy during this time. Um, yes. So I use it a lot for self-care, whether it's like my hair appointments, my nail appointments or et cetera, because that's part of me spending that time on myself, my me time, because <laughs> if I look good, I'm going to feel good. And if I feel good, I'm going to look good. So Brian, I want you to share with the listeners and viewers how they could connect with you via your website and where you primarily hang out on social media. Yes, thank you for that. I usually hang out more on Instagram and mostly under the Conscious Action New Zealand or Conscious Action NZ um, account. Also through my name, Brian Burneman, I use that a little bit less. It's too much for me to put too much time on, on both. Uh, and also website, brianburneman.com or consciousaction.co.nz, New Zealand. But you can find, just Google my name and you will find me there as well. And there you can find ways of reaching me, of working with me, whether that is live, in person, one-on-one, groups, part of the meditation uh, classes that I make, uh, online program that are programs that you can do in your own time, or just come and chat with me. <laughs> and there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. You just heard Brian Burneman. And once again, I am your host and founder, Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. Make sure you subscribe and share this segment with your family members and friends. You could also find us on over 40 plus platforms, as well as YouTube by going to at gems with genesis amaris camp for all things video content wise so you could actually see the facial expressions and and etc and for those of you interested in continuing to help the mission of gems podcast where we inspire motivate and educate while connecting the dots and bridging the gap between diversity equity inclusion and belonging we are looking for brand sponsors as well as ambassadors because it takes money to keep this podcast running and to you know buy equipment so we could constantly bring you amazing content with subject matter experts like brian burneman so until we chat next time Peace, love, and lots of breath. Peace, love, and lots and lots. Peace, love, and lots and lots. 
of blessings. Make sure you take time to practice that mindfulness and start with one minute a day uninterrupted. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.